Welcome to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to inspire you to stand on the Word of God and to help you build unshakable and unstoppable faith in Jesus Christ. your host, Dr. Kazumba. Shalom and welcome to Unstoppable Faith. I thank you for joining me this week once again. It's always a blessing to bring you special guests and to bring you the Word of God. Today I am joined by Jane Pollock. She is the award-winning author of uh, Teach Us to Want, Keeping Place, and uh, Surprised by Paradox. She holds a bachelor's degree in uh, French from Wilton College and a master's degree in literature from uh, Northwestern University. She's an American living in Toronto and she is a wife and mother of five. She is the lead editor for Imprint magazine published by the Grace Center for the Arts. And she hosts, she is the host of uh, Eaglehood Review uh, of uh, Books podcast. It's going to be a great uh, program as we talk about uh, a habit called uh, faith. Stay tuned and we'll be right back with uh, Jane Pollock. Teach Us to Want is a series about desire's role in the life of faith. It's a series that pushes back against a culture that insists that everything we want is right and good. But it's also a series that takes very seriously the promise of the gospel, that in Christ we are a new creation. We can become the kind of people who want what God wants, who pray and who plan according to those holy desires. My prayer life was really centered around circumstances, around how will you fix this problem. I always had felt like if I walked with the Lord, that He would protect me from harm. That's when the Lord first started teaching me about community, about how to let people into your life, let people into the junk and expose it. I remember just laying in bed one night and I was crying. I had been just wondering, why am I still single? I had a really hard time figuring out what my value was because I had for so long associated it with how much money I made. It was such a heartbreaking time because I'd never known hopelessness like that before. All of my desires were stripped from me. My prayer is that the more I rely on Him, the more I ask Him or just stop to listen to Him, that that, that will make me want Him more than I want other things in my life. As Christian women, we often live unaware of our desires. And of course we have them because that's what it means to be human. We're just afraid to admit them. We're suspicious of them. We think they represent what's selfish and greedy about ourselves, and so we don't think about them. We don't pay them attention. There is a better way, and there is a more complete transformation that God intends for us as He forms the life of Jesus in us. 
Join me for our study together and let this be the prayer with which we begin. Father, teach us to want. I'm Jane, welcome on the program. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Charles. It's an honor and a privilege to have you on this program today, and uh, I am so excited to just hear from you today. Mm, well, I'm really glad to be able to talk to you. I always appreciate, take, I don't take for granted anyone's interest in the book, uh, so I'm, I'm really grateful. But let me go to this question right away here. A habit called a faith is uh, divided into 40 daily readings. Why did you choose 40 and what do the readings consist of? Yeah, 40 days, you know, is kind of just a special time period, even in scripture. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. We know that Moses was up on top of the mountain, Mount Sinai, receiving the Ten Commandments from God. He was there for 40 days, and he actually came down from the mountain and saw that the people were caught up in idolatry, and he was back up, up on the mountain for 40 days. So um, 40 years, the Israelites wandered through the wilderness. So 40 just felt like a good amount of time, you know, sort of felt like a biblical number. And I think when you think about forming a habit, um, consistency is really important. And so 40 days is a wonderful amount of time to even form the habit of regular daily Bible reading. Um, the 40 days of readings consist 20 days in the book of Deuteronomy, 20 days in the Gospel of John. And in the book, I'm proposing to people that they not just um, make faith something that's informational, but to really enter into the landscape of scripture and receive the invitation of faith that's transformational. And so 20 Days in the Book of Deuteronomy has us um, right alongside Moses as he is preaching his final sermons to the nation of Israel as they're getting ready to, re to inherit the promised land. And then the Gospel of John, of course, takes us through the story of Jesus all the way to the cross, and then on the other side to the resurrection and the commissioning of the disciples to, to love his sheep um, for the sake of the shepherd, for the good shepherd who has been raised from the dead. And so it really does feel like, you know, you've got those that Old Testament and the New Testament as kind of bookends to the story of God. And that's really what I'm trying to do is to, to help people see what kind of story, what what kind of story of grace the entire Bible is telling oh that is that is that is just awesome now uh, 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 how did you choose which verse from the books of uh, Deuteronomy and John to highlight in this book yeah, that was a tricky thing for sure. And I mean, I would definitely say it was entirely subjective. You know, as I was going through the book, writing and studying, I felt like there was no way to talk about everything. Even if you just take one chapter of the Bible, if you want to draw out some things and have people be able to read something that could just provide for a daily reading, you can't tell them everything. So you have to tell them, you know, maybe just one or two things. You have to highlight something. Something. And so those highlighted verses really hone in on what I've highlighted in my own reflections. Um, but of course, I've said in the introduction, if people are able to read the entire chapter, it's all the better for them. Um, but I know that in the kind of day and age that we live in, we're busy, we're time pressed. And sometimes for people, especially who are just beginning the habit of 
daily Bible reading, if the goal is way too big, then they're never going to achieve it. And so for some people who don't have a habit, an established habit of Bible reading, one chapter can feel really, really enormous and sort of insurmountable. And so the highlighted verses are a way for people to just sort of focus in on the theme that I'm drawing out for the daily reflection. Let's change gears here, Jane. You say there is a persistent idea today that we have grown out of a religion like uh, a child grows out of shoes. What do you mean by this and what's the solution? I live in Toronto, um, which is a city I would say most people that I interact with in my city are the kinds of people that I'm describing there, the kinds of people who worry that the Bible is a very old and ancient text, that it's, it's irrelevant, and not only is it irrelevant, that it actually might be dangerous, that if we actually took the Bible seriously, we might find ourselves, you know, down some dangerous paths, if you will. And so people sort of feel like, well, the Bible, you know, yeah, people read the Bible 300 years ago or 200 years ago or even 100 years ago. But now we're scientific people. We have, you know, better sources of information. And surely, you know, the Bible just sort of represents kind of like a, a generation, many, many generations ago. And I'm inviting people to see that actually the Bible is an incredibly relevant text. I mean, of course, as a Christian, I believe that the Bible is a God-breathed book. And the Bible says of itself that it is living and active. Um, so the Bible doesn't grow old. In fact, I think one of the marvels of the Bible is that, that it can speak to us in our lives today in the 21st century, in my life in Toronto, you know, your life wherever you find yourself, listener or um, viewer. And so I'm challenging people to sort of reconsider some of their assumptions about the Bible, especially for people who may be less familiar with it. People who may assume, oh, the Bible doesn't have anything to say to me, or maybe the Bible doesn't have anything to say today in the modern world. And I wanna say, let's take another look. This is powerful stuff, powerful stuff. I am uh, so excited, especially in the next uh, few questions that I have for you, especially to do with uh, habits. But let me go to this question here. What does uh, faith look like to you? And can you share also a moment where you had unstoppable faith? Faith to me really means a response to the work of God through Jesus Christ. Um, I think it's easy sometimes to think of faith as just maybe we think of it as information that we hold about God, truths that we know um, about him. And, and that's part of faith. But I think faith really begins with what God has done through Jesus Christ. The fact that we are the kinds of people who can't keep the words of God, can't obey God as he's asked us to obey him, can't worship him rightly. And so God sent Jesus to assume our guilt, to transfer to us his innocence. And so by faith, I believe that God is actually offering me friendship and everyone friendship who believes in the name of Jesus. And so there's something, again, very transformational about faith. Um, it's not just something you do on Sunday. It's not even just something that you do when you open your Bible at some point during the day. Faith impacts the way that you um, treat your friends. 
it impacts the way that you keep your promises in your marriage. It impacts the way you raise your children, how you love your neighbor, um, how you love the city that you live in, how you care for the poor. Um, and so faith is the kind of thing, it's like water that just saturates into absolutely every part of your life. It transforms what you love, what you know to be true. A moment for me, I would say, of unstoppable faith is really just the moment that I met Jesus. I was raised in a Christian family, but I didn't have a personal faith in Jesus until I was 16. And I had a moment when I attended camp with my youth group for my church, and I really felt as if I heard the voice of the living Christ speak to me and say to me, will you follow me? And we see those kinds of examples all throughout the Gospels, where Jesus just says to people, and their ordinary lives, just these, these interruptive moments of their day. Will you follow me? Will you believe in me? Will you trust me? Will you surrender yourself to me? And I would say that that was kind of the moment of really beginning a faith journey with Christ. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. A habit called faith. Let's talk about uh, habits here for a, for, 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 for a moment. Why are habits necessary and how can habits increase our faith? Habits are really, we are habit-forming creatures. So in some ways we could say they're necessary just because they're natural. You know, you and I have habits that we form whether we know it or not. You know, we have a certain side of the bed that we sleep on and we have a certain routine that we follow in the morning, which for me, of course, involves coffee. And we have habits of like how we get to work or um, who we call or how we spend our weekends. And so these are all very kind of just natural ways we pattern our lives. And so when we think about faith, when we think about how we want to form faith in our lives, we want to be rooted and deepened in the life of faith. I love that language of scripture that we can be rooted and grounded in God's love and that our faith can be strengthened. Habits are a part of that. It's just the ways, it's the, it's the motions that we go through to rehearse what's true about God. As we pick up the scriptures every day, we're practicing a habit of faith. We're practicing the belief that he speaks through his word. When we gather with other believers, um, which hopefully will be possible for all of us at some yes. point, um, but when we gather with other believers, that's a habit that strengthens our faith. When we celebrate certain seasons in the church calendar, you know, Advent and Christmas and Lent and Easter, if that's part of your tradition, there those are habits that we have of just keeping time and remembering where we find ourselves in God's story. So we are habit-forming creatures, and the only thing that we really need to do is to say, my faith is important to me, and now what kinds of habits can I practice that will actually help me be deepened and rooted and grounded in the love of God. Wow, that is that is so, so, so powerful. Yes, we are creatures of habits and faith can be a very powerful habit that you can develop and that I can develop. Now, Jen, let's go to this question here. What is the most important piece of advice you have for the readers of uh, this book here? 
One of the things that I say at the beginning is don't just start, try to finish. Um, I think that it's really easy when we start something new. We feel a lot of energy. We have a lot of momentum as we're beginning a new habit, a new practice, as we have a new goal that we're setting out to achieve. And faith can feel like that. We can have a lot of um, you know, momentum and energy as we start into the life of faith even. Um, there can be a lot of kind of emotional sort of buoyancy. And I think the most important thing is that the habit is actually what carries you just through the ordinary times. You have to just keep going. You have to, um, you have to get some friends around you so that when you fall down and you have stopped, <laughs> you can actually have some encouragement and some accountability to get back up again so that you can not only start a new habit, but you can keep at that habit and then at the end of your life you will have a finished if you will the race and kept the habit of faith and so i just want to encourage people to keep going keep going i'm going to be asking you soon here uh before we end the program today to pray uh for those uh uh, uh, for those who are listening uh, 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 to this program, who feel low in life, I feel like the Lord has just given you the grace to release the Spirit of God to those people who feel that way. But here we go again here uh, with another question for you I have. What is one practical way you cultivate the habit of listening to God in your life? One of the ways, I mean, and then obviously the most obvious way is just reading scripture, believing that through the Bible, God is speaking. And I think that that is kind of obvious, but I think one of the ways that we can read scripture is we can actually allow ourselves to linger over some things. You know, don't just like put it on your list and say, well, I'm going to read, you know, this portion of scripture for today. It's actually, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to commune with God. I'm going to listen to him. And, and also I'm going to believe in the crazy presumption of the psalmist who tell us that God is listening to us. And so it's, it's this two-way conversation, if you will. And I think cultivating the habit of listening to God requires time. It requires quiet. It requires us to slow down a little bit. And maybe that's one of the most, one of the hardest things actually to do in the day that we live in. We're so distracted. We have our smartphones that are constantly beeping at us and notifying us and speaking to us and grabbing for our attention. And so if you want to cultivate the habit of listening to God in your life, the first thing you may want to do is create the conditions that make that kind of listening possible. Oh, excellent. Create the conditions that makes that possible. Habits. Habits are powerful. Now, throughout the book, you share stories of those who have come to faith. Is this book for new or established believers? Or can you talk to us about that? I can. I really do see that this is a book that could be used by a variety of different people. It could be used by the Christian who wants to deepen their habits of faith. But I do think it could be used for someone who's maybe on the periphery, who's sort of peeking at, through the door of faith, if you will, and wondering if it's something that, that could be possible for them. And so what I try to do in the book is translate um, these stories 
and kind of fit the pieces together for people who may be less familiar with the Bible, who may not understand how the Old Testament is connecting to the New Testament and pointing us forward to Jesus. And so I've really tried to do that work of translation, if you will. And so I'd love to see people, I think ideally, Christians could invite their non-Christian friend to read it alongside them. You know, maybe somebody has a friend, a family member, a neighbor, a colleague, somebody who they have been speaking to about faith maybe for a number of years even and haven't known how to carry that conversation forward this is a book where you could actually invite that person hey would you like to know would you like to read the bible for yourself would you like to understand how the old testament actually points forward to the story of jesus would you like to do it with me and i think i'd love i'd be very excited to see that people are taking up that invitation to offer it to somebody else that is so good and uh, especially those uh, in uh, Bible studies, this can make a very good uh, book to do a study to form that habit, to form that habit of uh, faith. Now, here is my last question for you. Taking a question from your discussion guide at the end of the book, what insight about the life of faith is most illuminating to you? Oh, now you've kind of stumped me on that one. <laughs> you know, I think, I think that there's just nothing magical about faith. You know, what's paradoxical about faith, as I said, is it's a response that we make to the work that God's actually already doing in our hearts. I guess I could say this, you know, I think about the book of Deuteronomy, that what is so clear in the book of Deuteronomy is that the people of Israel promise they're going to follow God. They promise that they're going to hear and heed the words of God. They promise that they're going to obey. And you know that they can't. I mean, because actually God tells Moses they're going to get into the land and then they're going to forfeit it because of their own disobedience. But God doesn't leave Moses with just the spirit of discouragement. He says, I'm going to heal their hearts. I'm going to circumcise their hearts. I'm actually going to give them the gift of faith. And so this idea of faith being something that we practice but faith being also something that receive, that we receive from God, I think is very, very hopeful for people. Now, just before I ask you to pray here, and then uh, you're going to, uh, you know, you're going to tell us where the viewers can get the copy. Um, on the day seven of the book, on the day seven of the book, you talk about uh, practice your lines and you just eroded a little bit to that. Can you just talk about that? Because, uh, you know, I come from a sports background. They say practice makes it perfect. Now, talk to us about practicing your lines. What do you mean by that in that book? That is Deuteronomy in chapter 6, and so there's a very ancient prayer that Jews have prayed for a long time, since the time of Deuteronomy, and they're still praying it today, and it's, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Actually, I don't think the neighbor is in the Deuteronomy portion. I think that's Jesus when he, when he says it in the Gospels. But the point 
point is, is that here is a prayer that affirms who God is and affirms what Israel's relationship and obligation to God is. And they just learned that prayer. They learned it, they memorized it, and they repeated it. And they just said it, at, they say it even now, today, um, contemporary Jews say it at certain po points of the day. And I think it's to remind us that um, sometimes we don't have words to say that we even know to say as we pray. And there are prayers that we can receive from scripture. And there are just the, all of the Bible, if you will, is language that we get to pattern our own prayers after, language that teaches us how to express our faith in God back to God. And so it's, it's kind of like if you want to think about a child learning language. You know, what do children do when they learn to speak? They imitate what they hear from their parents and from all of the other adults around them. And the life the faith is just like that. We receive language, we receive lines, and we practice those lines, and those are that's kind of what forms faith in us. And I think again, that's another hopeful thing for people who sort of wonder, well, what do I even say? Like, what is faith, and how would I even express it? Well, we actually have lines for us in Scripture that we could learn. Powerful, powerful stuff. I needed to, I needed to sneak in that question to you uh, because I, I, I believe it's a very, very powerful question as you have explained. I want you, the viewers, wherever you are watching right now, to get this copy of a book. Faith is all about developing the habit, the habit of trusting Jesus Christ. Here, 40 days in the Bible to find and follow Jesus, a habit called faith. Jane, where can the people get this copy of the book? Yeah, it is sold wherever books are sold. Of course, you know, that's Amazon and wherever you find yourself in the world. I'm sure there's an Amazon for you. You can get it at local bookstores. You could probably even ask your local library to get a copy and shelve it and other people could be able to borrow it. Um, but pretty much where books are sold, you're going to be able to find it. I have a giveaway copy that I'll be giving away. I want you to email info at kitvnetwork.com. We just want to bless you. And one request we have, if you can follow Jen, Jen, where can they follow you on social media? Which social media do you use? I am on Twitter, Jen P. Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L. I'm also on Instagram at Jen P. Michelle. And you can find, you can also subscribe to my regular letters that I send to readers at jenpollockmichelle.com. I encourage you to do so now. I just want you quickly to just uh, pray, say a prayer to our viewers who are watching and those who are listening in 161 countries right now, those who are watching on uh, ZNBC TV3 in Zambia, as well as in Kenya, on uh, Look Up Television Network here in Canada and the United States on the KITV and Cross TV. I just want you to, uh, to, to just say a prayer to those who are listening, Jane, and, uh, and uh, just speaking to their lives right now. 
Okay. Father, I thank you that you are good and that you do good. And we can ask to learn your ways, to learn who you are. We can actually ask for the gift of faith because we know that it is a gift, that we can't respond to you just from our own cleverness. We ask God for the gift of the Holy Spirit to be poured out on people that they may have eyes to see and ears to hear, a heart to understand, to turn and be healed as they turn toward Christ, your gracious gift to us. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the work of the cross. We hope in the resurrection and we proclaim that you will come again. And we remember that. And we ask Jesus for the endurance of the saints in this difficult time, that you would help us to keep at our habits of faith, yes. nourish us with hope, and with endurance and with patience and with love in Jesus name amen amen what you're gonna learn about this book here is that uh, uh, faith uh, can become a habit and uh, we know these habits can lead uh, to faith this is a very powerful book and uh, Jane I just want to say thank you so very much for gracing uh, unstoppable faith uh, today Oh, thank you very much for having me. It was a wonderful conversation. Now, you have a podcast too. Where can the people listen to that podcast? I do. If people are readers, it's specifically a podcast for readers. It's called the Englewood Review of Books podcast. And you can find that wherever you get your podcast. And I encourage you to do that as well. And uh, thank you so very much for joining us today, wherever you may have been watching or listening to this program. I just proclaim a blessing over you and over your household. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord watch over you. May the Lord always, always keep His praises shine over your family and over your life. Until then, shalom, shalom. God bless you. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. If this program has been a blessing to you, write to us at life at and share your testimony.